DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Qingde says he'll build a Taiwan economy where the sun never sets. Speaking at an awards ceremony for financial institutions, Lai vowed to help Taiwan's industries expand across the globe so that no matter where the sun is, it will shine on Taiwanese businesses. In addition, Lai said that if he is elected, his government would invest 900 billion NT in the next seven years to help Taiwan reach its net zero target. With sights fixed on 2024, Vice President Lai Qingde attended an award ceremony for top banks organized by Business Today magazine. Speaking at the event, he vowed to build a Taiwan economy where the sun never sets. I have a dream, and it is to create a Taiwan economy where the sun never sets. Now, I'm not looking to colonize anyone or to reclaim the mainland. What I want is to expand Taiwan's economy so that no matter when or where the sun rises, it will shine on Taiwan's businesses. Lai laid out his vision, speaking before a crowd of finance sector representatives. He said Taiwan has long faced the challenge of China's supply chain, but geopolitical shifts are creating opportunities for change. In the past, due to supply chain globalization, many Taiwanese businesses invested in China. Now, due to geopolitical changes, the global supply chain is restructuring. Many corporations have already gone to Southeast Asia and even Japan, the U.S. and Europe. Lai also mentioned Taiwan's goal to reach net zero by 2050. He vowed that the government would direct investment to encourage private sector participation. It's my hope that the government will invest 900 billion NT by 2030 to drive private sector investment, so that we move toward going net zero by 2050. The financial sector is like a person's circulatory system. If the financial sector is healthy, then not only will financial institutions be better for it, but all of Taiwan society will be able to develop soundly as well. Speaking at the annual banking event, Lai laid out his economic blueprint in hopes of winning support from the finance sector. A new session of the UN General Assembly is underway in New York. Four U.S. lawmakers have released a statement condemning the UN for shutting out Taiwan. They said that UN Resolution 2758 should not be used to exclude Taiwan because the resolution only states that the PRC will replace the ROC as the representative of China. Over in Taiwan, independence activists said the world was starting to see Taiwan as its own entity. With momentum in its favor, Taiwan should break away from the ROC and create its own constitution, they said. With the UN General Assembly session underway, Taiwan independence groups held a press conference on Wednesday to address the body's wrongful interpretation of UN Resolution 2758. China uses the resolution to claim that the PRC replaced the ROC as China's representative. This interpretation considers Taiwan to be part of the ROC, granting a pretext for unifying or annexing Taiwan. Continuing to declare that we are the ROC will only allow Beijing to legally take over Taiwan. That's a point international society is concerned about. So we have to get Taiwanese people to open their eyes. They must be warned that if we continue to abide by the ROC constitution, we will lead ourselves into China's trap. 
The activist said Taiwan must let the world know it no longer wants to be the Republic of China. Earlier this week, U.S. lawmakers also took issue with Resolution 2758. In a statement, the co-chairs of the Congressional Taiwan Caucus said the resolution does not address the issue of Taiwan's representation and should not prevent Taiwan's meaningful participation in international organizations. The lawmakers noted Congress's steadfast support for Taiwan's international inclusion and participation. The U.S. is increasingly willing to assert its position to the world regarding the three communiques, the Taiwan Relations Act, and Taiwan status. Led by the U.S., the international community is gradually shifting toward the substantial recognition of Taiwan. At this point, with momentum in our favor, we shouldn't cling to the long-dead ROC. The activists said that due to China's pressure, the UN has long misinterpreted Resolution 2758, which it adopted in 1971. They urged the people of Taiwan to unite and break away from the ROC to tell the world that Taiwan is Taiwan. A Taipei court has turned down an asset seizure request filed against Kitai Properties, whose construction project destabilized seven buildings last week in the Taipei suburb of Daji. The request was filed by the Taipei city government on grounds that the assets were needed for repairs and resident resettlement. Following a review, the Taipei District Court rejected the request, saying that asset seizure was unnecessary. In the ruling, the court said Kitai was unlikely to maliciously dissipate its assets. It also noted that Kitai had transferred 100 million NT into a fund for affected residents, as requested by the city government. The Council of Indigenous Peoples held the 2023 forum on the revitalization and exchange of the Austronesian languages. In attendance were representatives from Taiwan, New Zealand and Canada. Council of Indigenous People Minister Ichang Parad delivered a speech in Amis and spoke about the importance of using indigenous languages. He also outlined his vision for indigenous language development in Taiwan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. <laughs> An indigenous performance group takes the stage with a song to kick off the 2023 Forum on the Revitalization and Exchange of the Austronesian Languages. The Council of Indigenous Peoples Minister, Yuchang Parad, delivered a speech in the Ami's language. He expressed hope that one day, indigenous people will be able to speak their own languages at public events. Taiwan, Canada and New Zealand representatives were invited to discuss indigenous language promotion and revitalization in their countries. There are more than 70 indigenous languages in Canada and they're divided into 12 language families. We hope that through the forum we can learn about recent developments in language promotion and revitalization in Canada. We also want to know about the situation in New Zealand, where they have promoted language revitalization for many years. In Taiwan, the Indigenous Languages Development Act took more than 10 years to pass. To revitalize indigenous languages, we should encourage ourselves to speak the language as much as possible in public spaces. To protect indigenous languages, Taiwan passed the Indigenous Languages Development Act in 2017. The minister called on Taiwan's local governments to do the same. 
Taidong, Hualien, and Taoyuan have large indigenous populations. Therefore, local councils should promptly promote local languages. Only then can indigenous language be promoted at the grassroots level. During the forum, simultaneous interpretation was offered in seven languages, including Mandarin Chinese, English, Paiwan, and Amis. Through the forum, organizers hope to encourage dialogue between the islands. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang, Li Qi, and Dai Yalun in Taipei. The 19th Asian Games in Hangzhou start next Saturday, and Team Taiwan will head over to China in style. At Taoyuan's airport, a VIP lounge will offer a healthy menu just for Taiwan's athletes. The special dishes include gua bao, a steamed bun that's dyed yellow with pumpkin. The pocket-sized snack looks like a gold medal and conveys good wishes for the big event. This is what its creator said. Our gold medal guabao used steamed buns flavored with pumpkin. We use red quinoa sourced from Taiwan, paired with high-quality chicken breast. This gives a nutritional boost, it contains antioxidants, and it is a good protein source. We use the local saltwater chicken preparation, so it's extremely refreshing and appetizing. All of them have some dietary restrictions, so we made special arrangements to use low-fat, healthy, and authentic ingredients. We use the golden yellow color to represent the color of victory for Taiwan. We hope that they will be able to win gold. Other dishes include chicken soup and a made-to-order tofu pudding that's high in plant-based protein. The VIP operator wants to feed a hearty, healthy meal to cheer the team on to glory. Apple fans, take note. The iPhone 15 is here. The series features a Type-C charging port and an upgraded 48-megapixel camera. Despite inflation and rising interest, Apple has priced the phones the same as its previous generation in the U.S. market. But here in Taiwan, the iPhone 15 will cost up to 2,500 NT more than before due to a strong U.S. dollar against the Taiwan dollar. Several telecoms have opened up pre-orders online with the new iPhones to hit shelves on the 22nd. The iPhone 15 is officially unveiled. The Pro Series features a body of Grade 5 titanium, the same material used in NASA's Mars rover. Featuring improved strength and better heat dissipation, the Pro models are Apple's lightest ever. They also feature the thinnest bezels yet. Its bezels have been slimmed down and it has more functions, yet it's even lighter than the generation launched last year. That's quite uncommon for recent releases. The Pro Max model also has the exclusive feature of an extended telephoto lens. The iPhone 15 and 15 Plus have an upgraded 48-megapixel camera. All iPhone 15 models have a dynamic island widget for enhanced multitasking. In addition, charger ports have been switched to USB Type-C to comply with EU rules. With the new A17 Pro, the fastest chip ever in a smartphone. The 15 Pro series is equipped with A17 Pro chips, making them the first smartphone ever powered by a 3 nanometer chip. Made by TSMC, the chip makes the phone faster and more energy efficient. Contrary to market expectations, U.S. pricing for the iPhone has been kept the same as the previous generation. But due to fluctuations in the exchange rate, the new models will be between 1,000 and 2,500 NT more expensive in Taiwan. 
factors such as inflation and rising interest rates and the upsurge in post-pandemic travel have had a slight impact on demand. Looking at the current consumption climate, telecoms are going to have to subsidize the price to lower the purchase barrier for Apple fans. Telecoms expect to offer longer contracts to reduce the financial burden on buyers. Chenghua Telecom and Far Eastone began taking pre-orders on the day of Apple's announcement. Taiwan Mobile will begin in-store and online pre-orders at 8 p.m. on Friday, and consumers can pay a deposit to obtain their phone faster. The iPhone 15 series will officially launch on September 22nd, and as in previous years, lines of Apple fans are expected to form outside selling points. Graduate schools are now taking applications, but is getting a degree worth the cost? According to recent job bank data, the answer can depend on your major. In the fields of IT and engineering, employees with a master's degree could earn up to 19,000 NT more than bachelor's degree holders. But advanced degrees are less likely to pay off in other fields, such as business management. Graduate school applications are open, but the big question is if an advanced degree is worth the time and expense. According to one professor, a two-year degree could raise starting salaries by 10,000 to 20,000 NT. Master's students work alongside their professors on topics related to their field. They study the subject in much greater depth than they do as undergrads. The government is promoting the semiconductor industry, so there are training courses. Basically, if you have a master's degree but you don't go through the training programs, entering the industry as an engineer would be rather hard. According to job bank data, the master's degree salary boost is most significant in IT and engineering. Over the past five years, master's graduates had a median starting salary of 50,000 NT. That's 12,000 to 19,000 NT more than bachelor's degree holders. But in the field of business management, MBA holders only earned 5,000 to 8,000 NT more than employees with a bachelor's. If, after graduating from a master's program, you find a job at a top IT design company, starting salaries could potentially reach 100 to 150,000 NT. As was said earlier, it all comes down to whether you have the skills and the ability to excel. So if you don't have a strong academic foundation and you can't endure hardships, then having the degree might not matter. Experts say that graduate studies might not be worthwhile in industries that value practical experience or for students who are uncertain about their career path. In those cases, entering the workforce early and building up experience could be the better choice. The Taipei Aerospace and Defense Technology Exhibition opens on Thursday, offering a first look at several drone models. One highlight is a new truck-mounted loitering munition, which is a drone that attacks a target. Also making its debut is a P-2 reconnaissance vehicle. Both were developed by the domestic defense industry. The Ministry of National Defense will have its own pavilion featuring touchscreen displays where visitors can explore the latest trainer jets, tactical vehicles and anti-ship missiles. The three-day show is Taiwan's only trade show for aerospace and defense innovations. Malaysian-born Gan Lei Fan is one of Taiwan's few flower preservation experts. The demanding art of flower preservation results in beautiful bouquets that can brighten up a room for years. Gan came to Taiwan for her marriage, and she finds the government's support for new immigrants invaluable. 
She's learned business skills through a community center, enabling her to bring her floral bouquets to markets. One day, she hopes to open her own flower arrangement workshop and pass her skills on to her own students. In less than 20 minutes, Gan Lei Fan completes a preserved flower bouquet. She has to be quick because the market's about to open. Gan came to Taiwan from Malaysia with her husband eight years ago. Alongside the work of raising her children, she has studied the art of flower preservation. She shares her arrangements and skills with fans on social media, and at the market today, she's testing out what consumers think of one of her newest works. It feels a bit like love at first sight, like I fell in love with the arrangement instantly. I've put several types of flowers together: preserved, dried, and solar wood flowers. There are various elements in the whole bouquet. If they were all preserved flowers, then it might end up costing many thousands of dollars. Gan takes time to explain to the customer the exact differences between preserved and dried flowers and how to keep them in good condition at home. Normally, it should be fine to keep preserved flowers for two or three years. Dried flowers last for one or two years. It's mainly about the humidity. Preserved flowers fare worse in humidity, so it's fine as long as you keep them in a rather dry environment. A bouquet expresses the state of your heart, and Gan likes to use pinks as her base. Then she layers on more decorative elements to create fresh, vibrant, and heartwarming arrangements. She says that life in Taiwan is full of warm moments of friendly interaction, and she appreciates the government's welcoming policies toward immigrants. The Taiwanese government really gives new immigrants lots of help. For example, we can join the community training center, and they give us free classes. In starting a business, if you don't understand something because we might not understand some legal things, they provide free assistance. Gan is a certified flower preserver with the stamp of approval of Japan's Albe Preserved Academy. She hopes one day to found her own flower arranging workshop. My future goal is to open a workshop and make my own pieces. And if friends want to study it, they can come and have fun giving it a try. To mark the historic discovery 101 years ago of the tomb of the ancient Egyptian leader Tutankhamun, there's a new immersive exhibit in Taipei. By harnessing project mapping and other technologies involving virtual reality and holograms. Ancient Egypt is brought to life. Visitors can travel back in time to learn about the life of the Egyptian pharaoh known as King Tut over 3,000 years ago, along with the treasures in his tomb. Our very own Stephanie Yang takes us in for a peek. Walk into the immersive show, and you'll be greeted with projections that take you through the history of ancient Egypt. This 360-degree immersive theater tells the story of the Nile River, King Tut, and explains details about ancient Egyptian societies such as color symbolism, popular deities, and the evolution of the pharaohs' tombs. There's the main immersive exhibit.、Um, the immersive show is amazing, about 30 minutes long. Takes you through the history of Egypt,、uh, King Tut, and、uh, what it represents to us today. There is a hologram room that will teach you how. 
uh, mummies used to be made, the process of mummification. At this exhibition, you can change into traditional Egyptian clothing and take a photo with this camel. There's also a room that allows people to try on different clothing in the style of ancient Egyptian rulers. People can also snap a photo with a camel. King Tut is quite mysterious. As mentioned before, his heart is missing. I think you can see a lot of things here. You can dress up. I think uh, the second room is very excited. This is, was very cool to see. And also the video was very cool. A new exhibition on the discovery of King Tut's tomb is having its world premiere in Taipei. The exhibition is split into five rooms. There is the Howard Carter Room, which showcases pictures, notes, and descriptions of Howard Carter, a British archaeologist and Egyptologist who found King Tut's tomb 101 years ago. It reveals how he approached and excavated the pharaoh's tomb. King Tut's tomb is known to be the best-preserved pharaonic tomb ever found in the Valley of the Kings. Immersive allows audiences to explore the content, whether it's Egyptian history or uh, Wonderland or you know um, French imperial uh, impressionism. They allow the audience to explore it just in a different way than like a museum piece. There is also a VR room that is equipped with theater chairs. Patrons can don goggles and headsets to explore King Tut's tomb. Immersive is a very unique, and I would say in the last few years, very trendy way of doing exhibits. Uh, I think it's the way of the future. So immersive broadly includes VR, projection mapping, AR. We're going to see more and more of this. King Tut in Search of Eternal Life will be held till October 15th at the National Taiwan Science Education Center. The company is in talks to bring the exhibit to China and other places in Southeast Asia early next year. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Tan Junhao in Taipei.